0: Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the weekly comic book sequential art podcast for all types of readers. Every week, we explore the world of comics in an effort to educate ourselves and you, our listeners, on all of the great literature you may be missing out on. This week, joining me is the ghost with the most Juice. Hey. Have you
1: seen
0: Beetlejuice?
1: No. You the <laughs> <it in juice? laughs> He
2: walked oh. you right into that. He was like,
1: <laughs> "What's wrong with you?" Oh. No. I no, I don't love that though. Uh,
2: that sounds Nickel Juice. Worse.
1: I don't dun, like that. At dun,
0: all. Dun, 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 dun,
2: I actually don't anyways. want that to
1: be my name. Can we do um, it over? Wasn't that a
0: Tim Burton film?
2: It was a Tim Burton, Burton film. I I, wait, Burton it, film. I like now I'm unsure, but I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Cuz I know Megan oh, seen like Edward it. Scissorhands.
1: Yes.
3: It is a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yep yeah, okay Burton film. Yeah.
1: But also, well, I, I it's not like I don't know what Beetlejuice is, and I still never would have gotten that from... He did like, it right Blue after
2: Juice. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yep, yep. Forgot, forgot that forgot he did that Pee-wee. Pee-wee.
0: Big top Pee-wee. Anyways, um, also here with us is proof that life finds a way, Jurassic James!
3: Is this like an age joke or something? I mean, mm-hmm. are y'all... Making fun of my age. or
0: Quiet, old man.
1: Your intro <laughs> and, sucks this week, Marcus.
0: And finally, with us Oof. also, is Tom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, good. Yay, <laughs> Hello, Tom.
0: how are you? <laughs> Tom doesn't get a nickname yet. He's got to earn it. <laughs> so this week, we only have a couple pieces of news, followed by a recommendation by a very own Megglejuice, who I will continue to call Megglejuice because she
1: hates Please don't. that I really, don't. <laughs> I really don't like
0: it at all. But our first piece of news is I saw over at Bleeding Cool that they are talking about a workshop that is happening um, this month on the 25th. And it is focused on how to pitch your very own comic book to a publisher. So if you're interested to listening to this on launch day for the episode, I'm going to have a link to the article in the episode description. Um, Right now, it's $65, but the price goes up on the day this episode is going up. Um, So it's $65 throughout the day on Tuesday this week. But after that, it's going to be $78. Looking at the article, though, it's just talking about this workshop. It's not going over any tips and ideas that it's going to offer. It's keeping everything really close to the chest. So I really want to ask you guys to take a stance, at, or to take a point of view as a—if you were a publisher, what would you want to see from a comic book pitch? If someone, if you had the decision to make or break a comic book, what is something that would get you to green light an ongoing series?
3: Uh, they better impress me within the first couple of minutes.
0: I mean that's a good point. I mean, I mean you, like you need a hook.
3: You know, you need to be yeah, able to yeah. like, you know, instantly tell somebody why you know, you, you know, people would want to read that book. You know, it's got to be simple to the point.
0: Do you do you think they would need to finish the whole issue, or do you think just coming with like the first few pages and that hook would be sufficient?
3: Uh, I'm trying to remember. I I remember whenever I was a kid, I got. I wrote to marvel one time and they sent me an actual like almost like a kit or something to to like you know tell you exactly how to to you know set up your story and uh, and all that uh if i remember correctly you, you usually do uh a few paragraphs on like almost like a, a cover page or something and uh and then kind of show them a, a your script after that. Uh, you know, just I, if, if I were doing it, I would want a full issue. I mean, I don't know if, I, I don't know, you know, what other people would want, but uh, Marvel doesn't accept unsolicited submissions anymore, which is, which is kind of sad because, you know, being a kid, and you know, wanting to do that, you know, That was like a huge thing for them to send that to me. So, Well,
0: and I saw DC doesn't either. They actually have like a workshop that you have to go through. And if you go through that, then they'll look at um, potential submissions as a work through that.
2: Does Marvel do the same thing, offer a workshop?
0: I didn't notice anything that Marvel was doing for that. James, when
2: you submitted, or just submissions in general, do you have to submit artwork or do you just submit the script? Uh, script. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was wondering about that as well. Yeah, because I would want
2: to know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man.
1: Uh, I would want to know. Well, I'm changing the subject, so you go ahead.
2: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> oh God, this you are doing this. The Who's last, the most polite last person episode, again? Part two. Um <laughs> I was just gonna say I would want to be able to see where it was going. Like, I would want like a full thought out. Like, yeah. If it was something they were wanting to like continue
2: yeah that's where i agree with james where i want the whole the whole story mm-hmm. like at least the first issue so you knew it it wasn't just like this was my best this yeah, two right. minutes these two pages that's all i have and that's all I, got. I don't know where it's going after this like i, I wouldn't want to take that issue and then find out they had nothing to go on
1: right that's how lost happened <laughs>
0: Yeah, I yeah I definitely agree on that. The, you know the the issues and looking at other uh, websites for uh, tips on this, I know one of the things that was put out there was um, it was on Masterclass was plan a story that can be serialized. So you have to have an awareness that it may become an ongoing sort of series. That's how the comic industry works with its issues typically. And so if you don't have if you have like planned, like, oh, I'm going to pitch to Marvel a six issue series. If you don't have a name, they're not they don't care about that. You need to you need to come up with something that can move forward. Like at the, the end of the the issue that you guys are talking about pitching, I guess you want to leave with some sort of cliffhanger to get people excited about the next yeah. one.
2: Yeah. But using loss is an example, you know, like loss was perfect at that like I thought Lost was great up until the very end. It literally is yeah. like to yeah. me the prime example of an excellent universe and a well-developed, you know, story with really great characters cuz you give a huge crap about every single one of them. Mm-hmm. They just literally don't know what to do with them. Yeah, yep. At the very end with one last season. And if I remember right, Which was unfortunate. it They wrote themselves into a corner because that was the year of the writer's strike. And um, I think they they bluffed saying that they were ready to finish production and Mm -hmm. and uh, and ABC held them to that. And so that really shot them in the foot because it it has you um, introducing characters and locations at the beginning of the season. And then doing nothing with it because in the final three episodes, they have to close all those gaps mm-hmm. up. And it just clearly showed that they, they had planned to go a little bit longer, which is a yeah. mega bummer. Because now that's all the show's remembered for is, I know. is that so they good. didn't stick the landing. And I mean, I was mega excited for that final season because it I mean, it all that stuff that that does speak to me of like, I love that spooky cliffhangery kind of just weirdness stuff and it did it so much better than like twin peaks of just being like oh it's just strange because i felt like making it that way you know i felt like it did have a point i just never got to see it you know
3: tangent i would argue the dune had a point too but anyway which one which one uh twin peaks
2: i feel at the beginning and the end but that middle part of season two i feel like it just yeah, it was, i mean it, it gets so rough and mark frost and david lynch aren't even there for it it I don't know. Like I have watched it so many times and that middle part is just really weird.
0: And that's the thing cuz I think it's because they Wait until like, you get to wait. the new one. Oh,
2: how is it with with the return? Oh, Did you gosh, like it? It's
0: like it just incredible. Yeah, I've
2: heard yeah, good things it well about, well it. about it. Yeah.
0: And I imagine having Lynch back with the new one is what keeps it great because it when Twin Peaks the original run was great when he had his hands on it. And he even came back at the end of season two, right? To finish it. Yes. And I feel like
2: you notice it because like, it's only really a handful of episodes where you're like, what are they like? Why, why is it talking about this? Or, you know, it's, it's maybe like four or five episodes. And then the stuff with Wyndham Merle and all that, that's like, I mean, that's the good end with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Leo being like catatonic and then coming to like, all of that is, is, really great spooky stuff too. You know, there's just a handful of stuff where I feel like if you're not looking for that, it really turns you off from watching it.
3: it. It was the, uh, it were, it was those, I guess those episodes where, uh, what's his name? Uh, motorcycle guy, James, right? James. Yeah. Whenever he goes out, why
0: couldn't you like, remember you know, that? James? Yeah. Like wow. on his
3: own, because I've got like a million different, pop culture <laughs> tidbits in my hand, yes, yeah, that's yeah. Rotate around, but <laughs> that's uh, w- whenever he kind of like goes out on his own and goes to like another town or something and all that.
2: Yes, that's exactly the part I'm thinking of too. Yeah,
3: yeah. there's a few characters
0: during that middle part they focus on that you're like, why are we spending time with these characters? What was her name? Uh, Lucy um, who like She was dating uh, one of the officers and then there was like a love triangle situation and it had nothing to do with what was going on in Twin Peaks. Well, Uh, they
3: they made Lynch reveal the killer earlier than. Oh yeah. It's like the sixth episode. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that's right. I forgot that they forced his hand on that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they were just kind of trying to figure out how to, how to finish it out quick. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing about the new Showtime series is that you can tell he has thought about it a lot since then. That's awesome. uh, I mean, it it goes in totally different directions. I mean, it's, it's really cool.
0: That's really cool. So I guess like anyway,
3: back to comics. Yeah. 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 But
0: I think Uh, that's a great way to look at like, you know, for pitching comics, you, you have to think about the way that, Every episode of Twin Peaks and great dramas in and with Lost 2, they end it with like, you want to know what's going on. You're never at the end of the episode going, oh, well, that was neat, but I'm not curious about this thing they've thrown at me. You you, you have a reason to want to come back the next week. And with comic book issues, you want to have a reason to come back the next month. So if you just end, uh, you know, your first issue or, you know, that you've pitched out on a that's that's the end of the story but there's more if you want people are going to find it less interesting uh
3: did y'all guys mention anything about like marvel versus dc method and all that kind of stuff about writing
0: uh no not in particular what do you know about okay that?
3: uh marvel has a has a different format that they use Um, uh, i think that they use this most times uh, I'm, I'm sure some writers are able to to not you know not, not have to do this, but it's very much the old uh, Stanley Jack Kirby way, which was uh, somebody writer writes a a few paragraphs about what what happens in in the issue, and just gives it to the artist. The artist draws it tells the, the story through pictures and then the writer comes back and fills in all of the, all of the, uh, dialogue and such. That's wild. That's and DC, um, uh, DC actually, um, uh, they're, they're much more about like letting writers, you know, break it down by panel and, you know, saying, saying what they want and all that. But, uh, you know, that just shows you how big of a talent Jack Kirby was, you know, that, you know, I'm sure, you know, Stan probably, you know, wrote, all right, Spider-Man is going to, you know, f- fight Green Goblin and they're going to be in a cave or something, you know, and all <laughs> yeah, this kind yeah. of stuff. And it's like, you know, Jack just goes and makes it happen or Steve or whoever, uh, So
0: that's incredible
3: and and I've always wondered if like you know whether the independents really like prefer one way or another I I would imagine that they that they would probably not not care but uh, you know it's just uh, I've always wondered that I would imagine that that, that most writers like the um, the DC method or the other method and uh, more artists probably like the Marvel myth.
0: No. Yeah. I I I think some of the best stuff comes from like in between where like, maybe someone hasn't been as picky as panel by panel, but they've written a more detailed story. And the artist has found ways to fill uh, some of those holes in there of just like, Oh, I see from this to this because you had like with a comic book, the writer can describe how someone's, you know, feeling, but making that visually apparent is a whole other thing. So, like, and even with, like, stuff that can happen in the background, we're looking at a good night moon scenario where, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. No, story. I children's mean, story. There's someone that's read that book a lot. Oh, know, yeah. In the <laughs> yeah like, and, and, and the children's story, good night moon, it's talking, you know, it's just, you know, good night moon, good night, you know, good night this per, you know. But the pictures throughout the entire children's book is telling its own story separate from the words about it. So an artist can add those sort of things that no matter how detailed a writer gets, um, they can still add their own little stuff. But you have to have a writer who's comfortable with that. If you have a writer who's very... I don't want to necessarily say egotistical, but in a medium like comic books, you have to understand, I feel like, that a comic book is a very collaborative effort. 100%. And so, a writer and an artist need to be able to collaborate and let each other, you know, create. And, so, you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you, that doesn't necessarily happen. And it sounds like at Marvel, the artist
3: just does everything. (laughs) Well, they I don't know. I I mean, if I got, you know, 12 pages back and, you know, it's just a bunch of pictures of what's happening, you know, and it's like you have to go through there and you got to make sure where your subtext is. You know, you know, what is this character? What are their motivations? What are they saying to, to themselves, to other people? I mean, it would be. It, it would really be challenging. It's like, you know, kind of like separating yourself out from your own process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I've always not- wondered about that. You know, it's, it seems like, you know, the Marvel method is, you know, it's just really different. But, but if, but if you look at Marvel, they've also been able to create, to bring to bring to fame Writer or artists who ended up being pretty good writers, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's Frank Miller or John Byrne, uh, you know, they had a lot of those guys that really f- followed in, uh, in the footsteps of Jack Kirby and actually scripted their own stuff as well. So, uh,
0: well, I think I, you know, I think in thinking about that, you know, like for Marvel, you know, if I was writing for Marvel and DC in modern times. I might be fine not having an immense creative control over the characters because at the end of the day, like, you know, from a company standpoint, you don't have certain control and things that you want to do over the characters anyway, especially like, you know, in terms of crossover things, <laughs> sometimes those are just dictated to you. So maybe yeah, that's the true. Marvel method. Like they're just like, uh, I don't care. Spider-Man's got to deal with drugs this, <clears throat> in this issue. And, you know, the artist is like, okay, cool. And sometimes, like you said, great artists have come up with story, you know, being great writers that way.
3: And the writer's like, cool paycheck. I could definitely see that where it was like, if you're a, if you're a writer at Marvel, you just kind of, you know, find out that the editor has, has already talked to the artist. who's probably, who might be a bigger name than you. Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: they've worked out this and come in and script it. You know, Uh, who knows?
0: Yeah. So, um, one of the, uh, some of the stuff I pulled, um, over for like image comics that I thought was really interesting that they point out that they'd like to see in a pitch was that the creative team in your pitch is the one we expect to see actually working on your book. 100%. So going to, talking about like a writer and artist being able to work together image is just like, you can't pitch us something and then you and your artists don't get along. So you've got to find a new person. You, it, they are like, they seem to demand that consistent collaborative effort.
3: Yeah. That's um, probably a good idea on their part. Yeah. I
2: think yeah. so too. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. you don't want to say yes to something and then, what you get is, is completely different because one of those minds isn't there anymore. Yeah, well,
0: And with that being in, I guess I'm assuming that's in their terms too. Like once, you know, as a creator, if you know that you know, artists are struggling together, you know, that image has no interest in it. And so don't even try with that. Um, some other things was uh, do not hand image comics employees submissions at comic book event uh, conventions. Your submission will be misplaced. Or discarded. <laughs> um, they also said if that you don't receive a reply within one month of submitting. Consider your proposal declined. Um, don't include praise or testimonials. So if you like. You know like on a trailer it's just like. Yeah. The number yep. one movie of the year. Like yeah. don't include what anyone has said about it. They don't care. Um, they you know they want it to stand on its own merits. And um, what was cool about Image is that they did say that they're not looking for any specific genre. So, whereas you might be stuck to a certain genre at the big two, um, a lot of the other smaller publishers and independent publishers, they they just want a good, whatever it is you got. Good story. Yep. Um, and then another one I saw, this now this was on... Uh, Matsuya Creative and so it's just an article about writing comics uh, tips and uh, interesting one that they put out there was keep your dialogue short and it was because they've seen a lot of writers who just their dialogue bubbles end up taking up so much space because they feel like they have to explain everything in dialogue um, when sometimes stuff should just be told with the art and through the actions
3: Dude, Who I don't tell it? Show it.
0: Yeah. Who knew visual medium, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's got to be hard. I mean, it's a very hard visual medium though, because you have to have a competent artist. Like, look yes. at Star Wars. You know, when they switched artists, that book got really weird. Because oh,
0: yeah. Where it, they, they? I they, just, they just...
2: <laughs> couldn't read it. I was so distracted by by how much I didn't like the artwork. Is that the uh, Salvador <gasps> Dali?
3: Weird faces. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like I was, I was subscribed and everything and, and was picking up weekly issues. And I was just like, well, I'm, I think they were doing that that up until.
3: A few months ago, I think I think yeah, they still can yeah. to do
0: that. For those who don't know what we're talking about, basically in the Star Wars comics, for the characters who had been in film before, they were copying basically from film stills the faces and slapping them onto the characters in the books.
1: Ew! But this so, is
2: mainly in the main line.
0: Yeah, mainly uh, in the main line for in, like for Star Wars, okay, like because yeah, they okay, had like okay,
2: Doctor yeah. Afra and Darth Vader and stuff like that, and that wasn't going on as much yeah. in those books.
0: But the really the thing that made it really okay. stick out to me was the fact that any character that hadn't had a live-action appearance didn't have that same sort of detail style on their faces. So it made them stick out even
3: more. Uh, yes. <laughs> and a lot of times you could like, oh, yeah, that's the exact expression Han Solo made in this part of the movie. Oh. yeah. I mean, yes. a lot of the, the yeah. gestures and stuff, you know, they have been put in cards Magazines, you know, all these stills, photos from these things. There's like a that's ton so of that gross. stuff
0: out
2: there. It was like when you're playing on a PC game and it was just a still image yeah. and then the text <laughs> talking. Oh,
1: no, that's horrible. Uh, I was so, going to talk about. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to mention Megan. when when you were talking. <laughs> I was going to yeah. mention you were talking about the importance of like getting along with your. uh like the illustrator and the, the creative team getting along. I was going to give an example from rat Queens, but then I realized that is from image comics. And so then I was like, okay, maybe not.
0: Oh, what? Oh, like, so there was a explain. lot of like
1: drama with the basically, Oh, what's the name of the, who wrote rat Queens? What's his name? Basically the, was it
0: Bendis or, um, no, who was, uh, that's going to bother me.
1: Probably somebody oh, yeah. that knew him. Clicky, 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 clicky. <laughs> but um, the the original illustrator um for that, like I think after the second issue they didn't work together anymore because um of something going on in his life and then um he just didn't want to work with that particular illustrator anymore because of some drama going on and um it took him a while to find an illustrator that he could work with because I think the next two were like different illustrators like. Yeah, I'm looking here.
0: There's an illustrator for issues 1 through 8, then 9 through 10, then 11 through 16.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant volumes, Um, Um, not issues, but yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Because I read it as a volume. Yeah, it was weird. I actually stopped reading it because there was just so much inconsistency with the illustrations for a while. Oh,
0: that's the thing about comics is that- uh, Don't
3: don't read read any superhero comics yeah Yeah. i
2: kind of
0: don't (laughs) and as
2: someone who was new to that like star wars was the first serial serial thing that i was getting that did kind of blow my mind because i'm used to picking up a book done by one person you know so it's like you buy a book by nate powell or jeffrey brown or adrian tomina or something like that that's it's just them and so it's very very consistent you know and in fact like those are just one-shot novels usually but so, going from that as my exposure to comics to like, oh, like I'm ready for all this new Star Wars content because I'm mega stoked about all this stuff. Here we go. And it was, you know, especially like Marcus, you saw, like I was getting every series, it was like oh, yeah. super inconsistent art and characters crossing over and they were looking different in each book. And I was like, oh man, this is, it's really hard to lose myself in it when I'm just like, why do they look so different? Yeah. And
1: it, sometimes I don't it felt, like
0: sometimes it helps as long as the art is good. You might be willing to like push through that. It's when there's a dramatic fall in the writing or the art that you're like, well, crap, I can't, I can't get this anymore. This is not good. Um, you know, you, you can't have just a good on one or the other. If your art, it it not just sucks, but doesn't, or, you know, the other problems might have is it doesn't match the tone of the story that's being told. Um, you know, there's so many things where the art and writing just don't match up. It doesn't always have to be bad. Yeah, and that's, that can cause and people to drop off. that's
3: happens a lot at the, at the big two. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the, uh, the Rat Queens thing, it was uh, co-creator Rob Rock Upchurch. Uh, he was charged with assaulting his ex-wife. and oh, It wasn't oh, sure. ever made public. So he was dropped from the book and Tess Fowler replaced him on the series.
0: That'll do it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that'll cause some friction um, in the workplace for sure. Um don't to, say,
3: <laughs>
2: but, <laughs> to mildly put it,
0: to mildly put it, drops. But yeah, but you don't know perfect.
3: who all you you probably work with or associate
1: with. Yeah,
0: either, yeah. that
1: kind of stuff's going
3: on. That's that's, and that's not something the you would know going thing.
1: into a partnership at all. No, like, not at all. It just happens. I hate that. For
0: so for, the, um, for right? any potential comic book writers and artists out there. Be very picky about who you work with and make sure you can collaborate well before you start making a series with them uh, because you're have some trouble. I am really excited because when we have our first guest or well, not when our first guest, when we in a couple of weeks when we have our like, I don't know, we'll call it reboot, but like our 2.0, where we have some new music and video for our podcast. Um, one of our first guests for that period is uh, going to be Jacob Fleming who worked on the art for curses and just like our last guest who had nothing great, who had ever, who had so many great things to say about working with his artist, Jacob seems to talk a lot about the writer that he worked with in a very positive light. Like they've developed a good collaborative relationship. Um, so I'm excited that maybe we can talk to him a little bit more about that sort of stuff too, because I'd really like to dig into that. For those of you who are in Arkansas, Jacob is going to be at SpaCon this coming weekend. So if you're there Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you should definitely stop by and talk to Jacob Fleming. He told me that earlier today, so I thought I'd throw that out there. His work's really good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, because you read Curses, right, Meg? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: I did too. It was
0: good. Yeah, it's really good. I'm excited to see where the series goes. I'd love for them to get picked up. So our only other piece of news that we have this week is that uh, this week, maybe the best, but s- maybe the best, maybe not, but certainly one of m- my favorite superhero adaptations returns for its third season premiere. On September 23rd, on Thursday, Doom Patrol is back. And I love this show. It's weird that it started out not on anything but the DC Comics streaming service. The first two seasons were on nothing but the DC, so nobody saw it, nobody I watched it. A shockingly it great quality for yes, yeah, for for, like, for that obscure show
2: with yeah. with knowing that you are going to have a very limited audience, you know. Yes,
0: it, it, like I mean, a pretty limited audience. I mean, like you know, the price was fine enough for the streaming service because it came with your comics library as well. But oh, that's awesome. For it was it was literally their second announced show after Titans. And I won't go into Titans. I'm not a fan. But Doom Patrol is so incredible. And the the quality stays in the upper levels. So Doom Patrol, for those who don't know, tells a story of a bunch of just really broken people who have ended up coming together and living on the property of Professor Niles Calder, who is played by Timothy Dalton, who is amazing at this character. Um, he uh, so the opening of the show m- gives us the most perspective from Brendan Fraser's character. And in fact, it's Brendan Fraser's voice mostly with the character and a stunt actor performing the movements.
2: Oh. but his
0: his character was a former. I know they they do such a good job of syncing his voice work with the stunt actor that you just wouldn't realize that it's two different people. Yeah. Um. But um, he was a former NASCAR driver and a. Terrible accident, um, kills his family and leaves him permanently changed. And when he ends up at the professor's home, he finds that other people who have been harmed, abused, or disfigured in accidents are already living there. So it's 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 a literal island of misfit toys situation. Um in the series, despite having some of the wackiest stuff I've ever seen in a comic book movie or TV show, and that includes cartoons sometimes this has some of the craziest stuff. It really is a series about a bunch of broken people dealing with their mental health and how they are working through their trauma and not always in a healthy way. It never backs away from the mistakes these characters have made and the mistakes they make going forward. Um, Now, but the dressing or the icing on this cake is again, the craziest, most insane fictional world. I've seen in television and film just <clears throat> to, to, to kind of spoil, but doesn't really spoil in the second season.
2: Oh no, um, no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 it's not, it's not a, it's not a plot point. It's not a plot point. There scared. is, no. there is an appearance of, so a lot of the show is they pull characters and situations from the comics, but they created their own comic book group that shows up in the second season called the sex men.
1: <laughs> oh my god, what?
0: And the sex men are a group who fight sex ghosts. And- <laughs> <laughs> and Define so that means- sex ghosts. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I just want to let your... I want to let your... Um, imaginations roam wild With what a sex ghost Could possibly be okay. But it's just It's the weirdest stuff And so it's like There's tons of just like Silly, fun stuff like that
3: But So it's like uh, MacGruber?
0: Oh gosh No <laughs> Exactly Kind like of Yes It's MacGruber Yeah, it's, it's a sequel it to MacGruber, MacGruber. Um, So to give you a rundown Of the main characters Going into the first season You have Timothy Dalton who is a mad scientist. Brandon Fraser is a robot. Matt Bomer is a, or Bomber It's a physically Bomber. scarred test pilot that has an energy being living inside of him. Diane Guerrero um, has had some trauma in the past that unfolds over the series that you find out about that is giving her multiple personalities, each with their own superpower. Um, April Bowlby is a former like 1940s, 50s starlet whose body melts. Um, Alan Tudyk is an ultra sentient, dimensional, fourth wall breaking being that that's the best I could explain him. And then Jovian Wade is a character who hasn't been associated with the doom patrol before, but I feel like he fits in perfectly and he's actually um, the live action appearance of cyborg. Um, if, for, if you don't know much about cyborg um, you know, there's the teen Titans cartoons and there's also he's also in Justice League as a character. But this is a different version of that character who ends up becoming associated with the Doom Patrol because he does have a pretty tragic and scarring past. And I they've done so well with him. Um, you guys. Uh, he's not in the first episode, but you'll meet him in the second episode.
2: Yeah, I so saw, I saw him in the second. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So what I really wanted to do, what I wanted to focus on this week is I wanted to get people into it to really watch the third season. I want to see the show continue. But I asked each of you, in case you hadn't seen it before, to watch the pilot, at least, of Doom Patrol. And I want to know, what do you think? Like, what are your opinions and thoughts? And don't hold back, please. (laughs)
1: Oh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't able to watch the second episode because of a weird HBO technical thing that was happening. and I was Yeah, livid. I needed to,
0: <laughs> I needed to, I to like, pay for no. my HBO, turns out. i <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I was like, damn. why can't I watch the
1: rest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm so angry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know it's free and I'm not paying for it, so I shouldn't actually be this mad, but I am. <laughs> um, I loved it. I thought that Alan Tudyk as the narrator was so good he was like that was one of my favorite parts there also, were times
2: where he channeled malcolm mcdowell a little bit for like, yeah, i yeah. i felt like i don't know if anyone else heard that but it was like this is yeah. throwing me off
1: at first i didn't know it was him because it didn't sound like him to me at all and i was just like yeah who is this but anyway very good brendan Fraser was great good story not just your average superhero show Oh no! At it, all. <laughs> it's funny
0: because there are certain parts where you're just like, "Oh, it, they're going to have a superhero fight. It's going to be a superhero show," and then that's not what happens at all. Oh, or they get their butts kicked. <laughs> um, James, do you remember what Robot Man's catchphrase is
3: for the show? <laughs> what he says all the time? Man, I'm sorry, I didn't watch it.
0: What? I assu- I honestly just assumed that you had seen it before. Period
3: no i was watching uh, mad max this afternoon i didn't get a chance oh my gosh i'm, I,
0: I'm just surprised that you haven't seen it at all i i, I assumed like i wasn't gonna pressure you because i was like i know james has seen
3: it there's like a million shows i've been meaning to watch that yeah. I haven't around to yet.
0: okay well
1: in um, anger i started a different show so thanks i got that out of the way
0: oh yeah in your frustration what did you watch the entire season i watched of?
1: fleabag i watched all two seasons oh did you like fleabag It was so good. Yeah, Yeah. I loved it. Yes. Yeah, it was
2: like on a mega TV. We we were catching up on Ted Lasso and finishing Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And so it was like TV high. And so I was like a little apprehensive going into this new show. And then I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, this is really, really good. Like the...
0: I was really interested to get, I know uh, Tom, your opinion on it because you've enjoyed a lot of like the superhero Marvel adaptations. Uh, DC struggled. I, I unfortunately made you go watch a couple with me in theaters that were not. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I
2: have not liked the DC movies. Um, I mean, I love and, like the Nolan Batmans for sure, but yeah. every other one has been a big miss for
0: me. So um, I was really interested to see if you would like this or have a mixed opinion on it. And it's fine. If you do not, everything is for everybody, but I, I
2: really love the characters and the show does a really good job of quickly introducing them to you. Um, they all have this, you know, uh, great thing where it, it, there is like a terrible tragedy. And in some cases with the characters, it does this thing where you're, you, there are parts of them you really don't like, you know, uh, uh-huh. in the case with Rita, you know, um, but it definitely the the thing that got me was I really wanted to know what was going to happen to them, and with some of them like how they how they'd been there because time seems to almost stand still on in in the manner you know, um, which like they do a, a really good job of, of illustrating with with a montage. But I don't want to get in a in the spoilers, but. Yeah, uh, it, it it all of those things. It kind of does what like what we were talking about with Twin Peaks and Lost, where it I really the characters and I want I, I it has like an eerie kind of atmosphere to it, where I'm like something is really wrong with this place, and I want to know what it is. You know.
0: Wow. well, I hope you guys keep watching, and let me know when you meet Danny, James. Don't tell them who Danny is because I'm sure you know who Danny is. <clears throat> Danny's great. He's a cool dude.
2: James and Marcus, <laughs> have you both read it? Have you
3: read, read, read?
0: I've read through some Doom Patrol stuff. Yes,
3: Marcus, have you read?
0: Doom yes, I've read through some Doom Patrol stuff. It's been a while. And honestly, I revisited it when the show came on. But it was one of the recent arcs. A lot of the older Doom Patrols and like the new 52 Doom Patrol went a little bit more superhero-y. Um but they have a very complex, tragic, I don't want to get into it because it might spoil some things yeah, for please the so, show, yeah. um, but they've, they've had a real hit or miss history. The show is based on a lot of more modern takes on the team.
2: Um, the, like the main reason I ask that is you both have read so much and and now they're adapting so many things. Is, has there been an adaptation first that you haven't read the story for before? Like James, I doubt it for you, but Marcus, like, is there anything that's been adapted where you've you've just gone in totally blind?
3: Well, I mean, I'm, whenever I was younger, maybe like, uh, I mean, like, I, I hadn't seen Howard. I didn't know about Howard the Duck until I watched it.
2: Okay, <laughs> so, like, and I'm and honestly, I, I, I phrased that reason. poorly. I'm thinking like Iron Man Phase One out, you know, like. Maybe Nolan's Batman's and stuff like that, but you know, you guys know Batman and stuff like that. But like, well, more, more modern movies.
3: Well, are we supposed to like watch a bunch of like non superhero comics? Yes, yes, yeah. Like comic book yeah.
0: movies. Yes, um, we are going to start watching some non comic books um, or non superhero comic book films. Um, now, in terms of superhero stuff, I would say like I didn't read Marvel when the MCU starts are coming out, and I still only lightly touch it. Um, but Marvel, the thing that they've done is like like Captain America Civil War. Yes, the title is from an event in Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. but it only lightly touches the same stuff because they don't have all the same characters. It's not the exact same situation. Marvel's done, a, I think, a really good job of taking really strange and sometimes problematic history in their adaptations and streamlining them and making them more palatable.
2: Yeah, and that's what I'm curious if I'm reacting to things differently,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not not knowing like I I have to eat what yeah. they feed me because that's the only thing I know.
0: And most you have movies, something to
2: compare it to in your head because you've read, I you've read palatable the source material. Is the
3: right word to use there.
0: You think palatable is the right word?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've always said that. You know, back whenever I was a kid, I, I almost didn't consider Star Wars as like a movie, you know, it was like Mm -hmm. star Wars was just something that I loved. Yeah. And, Oh yeah. You know, I (laughs) would read books, everything else. Oh yeah. You know, you know, got into, and, and, you know, as I got more involved in other movies and getting into, you know, auteur type cinema and all that, um, you know, I've always kind of like kept that separate, you know, and, and and I guess that's kind of the way I look at, uh, at the Marvel movies. Um, I just wish that, you know, now those movies have kind of gotten to the point where they kind of squish out other, other things that they could be made and, uh, might, you know, warrant a release. Sometimes, you, you know, you see stuff being released straight to video. Um, yeah, but, but I always kind of, kind of keep those things separate. And the one thing that the MCU does well is that they've got, I don't want, I, I don't consider it a formula as far as like a, a story sense, more yeah. or less, but a production sense.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's a Pixar Disney situation where like they have a basic, Level which they they have some sort of equation or format which they know they need to meet in order to make it the movie at least good yeah and then their movie falls between good and amazing
2: it's crazy that that they can hit that yeah (laughs) Yeah. like
3: whenever I uh, I see Rotten Tomato reviews for um for the Marvel movies it's just like yeah you know I mean (laughs) I mean these guys have it yeah they have the the, the, the magic you know the goose that laid the golden egg yeah it's yeah.
2: kind of incredible we went through all of them again during the like the early stages of the pandemic when we were all yeah. in quarantine and you know and i'd watched most of them with marcus in the theater you know and uh after avengers one right is that the first one mm-hmm. that you showed yeah, me
0: I, yeah we, i when before either of us had gotten married i was like hey watch this avengers movie with me in my room and you were like well, I haven't seen any of the others. Yeah, like, I haven't seen anything about it. And I was like, you can watch the first Avengers movie like pretty standalone. Come
2: on. And you kind of caught me up on major stuff yeah. that I needed um, to know. And
0: there wasn't much. But at the end of the movie, I'll never forget you being like, there's more of this. <laughs> I, was like, oh, like, I need to really really hook it up excited. to my veins. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. in. Like, this is really good. Really, really <laughs> good. And nice every time experience. I go to one,
2: it's like, I know they're popcorn movies, but I'm like, I'm in, this is really good. Like I, you I know, know I, I love so what good. they're doing. Yeah. So I, they, they got I me. Always, got
3: I me. always think to myself though, you know, it's like, should I be liking it this much over and over and over again? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. 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 It's like, but they've, you know, corporations have, so, you know, so many uh, ways of judging audience reaction. They have focus groups, they have all this kind of stuff, you know, breaking it down to a psychological, Mm -hmm. you know, almost like a formula. Yeah. 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 uh, You know, it's like, how many of these should I continue to like, you know, because used to, uh, you could have, you know, awesome movies or, you know, it could be anything. It'd be awesome. An awesome band, an awesome movie, uh, an awesome director, whoever. and, used to, there was always a backlash, you know what I mean? You, you know, they're, they're popular and then people get tired of it and it's gone. I mean, and Marvel uh, and DC, and uh, Disney have figured out a way to like program out the backlash or something, because cool. I always feel like sometimes there's about to be a backlash to them, you know, per- particularly after, uh, uh, during that whole period of of the pandemic where, you know, we were all focused on, on other things. And, and, you know, you would think that people would be, you know, kind of finding stuff to watch that they normally don't, you know, don't watch. And, uh, and then as black widow came out and, and it had a, a tepid, you know, reaction to it, uh, I was thinking, you know, like maybe this is this is the attire, But then you get Shang Chi, and Shang Chi was well, a great movie.
0: He, he, here's the way I think of it: <clears throat> You were talking about Star Wars. Star Wars wasn't just a movie to you; you devoured every book, every new, more information of those characters. As that it you should could. be ingested. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, what Marvel movies are doing is that there are some great, like Shang Chi is a great standalone like action movie on its own, but where they improve themselves is by having these crossover elements or characters move in between. We get to spend more time with our, with characters that we really, really like. Like if they could keep making good diehards, I would watch them. They <laughs> haven't made a good diehard since. Well, I
3: mean, die hard tough opinion, diehard
0: tough opinion, diehard die hard. with a vengeance. But, like, there are just, you know, there are characters that, you know, if we could spend more time with them... we. But Die Hard
3: has, like, this, like, built-in, you know, fallacy, which is that, you know, really Die Hard is about some regular Joe ending up in a a completely new, different situation and having to figure it out and survive. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever John McClane, you know, finally ends up having to, you know, fight aliens or whatever you know it's like you know it's not a diehard movie
2: anymore yeah the spirit of christmas really doesn't come through
0: well uh, you know and (laughs) i'll i'll say like i'll go back to star wars and that like you know it's star wars situation of just like how you know to me i'm like how many things can you read like not all the star wars novels have always gotten critically well reviewed and there's some crazy shit that happens like if i remember correctly in the star wars now legends books like A planet gets dropped on Chewbacca. Luke has an evil. I was in the Dark Horse
2: comics, right? Yeah.
0: And then Luke gets an evil clone named Luke. (laughs) And it's just. But but it's like (laughs) people. People have eaten that up and people are still reading these things because I get to spend more time with a universe and characters that I that I love seeing I ate it up. It
3: was me. Oh, yeah. No regrets. To do what what The Mandalorian has done, and that is to actually create new characters. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: man, The
2: Mandalorian. Oh, man, The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Another spin on Han or whatever.
1: I've still never seen it, so no.
2: You are (laughs) in for a treat. I like uh... that you get to watch it for the first time and
1: we're jealous love it yeah are you saying
3: things? you haven't no. seen the the first star wars
1: the first star wars is that oh what i thought you're called?
2: talking about the mandalorian you haven't seen star I wars about the
1: mandalorian
2: oh oh okay yeah, no,
0: she's talking about mandalorian no she's not talking about star wars she's talking about just God. Mandalorian.
2: i was about oh, to be shocked so too so i was like oh no. Megan, your I
1: favorite your listen. favorite is
0: attack of the clones right
1: Oh, shut up. I actually didn't watch oh, nice. Star okay. Wars until um college. So it, it was a while. But um That's okay. Now yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. They were great.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I had a Lego Pod Racer when Episode One came out.
1: I, yeah,
0: I
2: tried to lie to myself and tell yeah. myself that that N64 game was good. I was like, "No, it's good. It's Star
3: Wars." It, it, it actually. Uh, I, I'm was having good fun. In a sequel,
2: Racer Revenge is not good.
0: <laughs> but if we want to nitpick,
3: y'all, uh, <laughs> y'all really missed out on you know that period between Return of the Jedi and then the uh, the prequel starting up. I consider that to be like the golden. Age of like uh, like Star Wars fandom just because you know they were going in so many directions with it. They had some awesome novels. Those and novels
2: that. were so good. Yeah, I mean, so good. Was... I was hoping that those th- those would be adapted. I was really bummed that they threw those out. You know,
0: uh,
3: I mean
2: see the,
0: the closest I got is I played the Dark Forces and Jedi Knight game series. Yeah, I, and I loved a guitar, all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought actually bought Jedi Knight. Two on my Switch when it came out on Switch because I was like, oh hell yeah!
2: Man, though, that Thrawn trilogy and oh uh, yeah. you know, yeah, like Thorn the, Jedi, the Academy Jedi Academy sports. stuff, uh, you know, and 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 even like the X Wing stuff with like Korn Horn and all that. I could nerd out forever on that, so I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> but uh, Good to man, know. it's
0: to but to go back to the original thing, I love the tangents we get off on. because to go back, <laughs> I'm talking about something different. Uh, Doom Patrol third season premieres September 23rd thursday oh, yeah. go watch yeah exactly That's go we watch about. the first two uh seasons they are incredible you know get you psyched for the third but now meg is gonna have a recommendation and the title is it's not what you thought it would be by lizzie stewart so meg the floor is all yours
1: yeah this is an amazing graphic novel I have no idea how I found it. I was like looking at stuff online and somehow this one popped up and I was like, okay. And um, ended up reading it. And it's actually, I didn't realize this when I was reading it, but it's her Lizzie Stewart's debut um, work. And it was only published this summer. So um, I, I, by reading this, from reading this, I'm very excited to see what she does next. Cause this was very good work. So this book follows um, three people, three women, through a series of slice of life shots. Um, and it's from adolescence to adulthood from them. And um, it's specifically one woman and then two friends. It looks it goes in snippets like through their pieces of their life. And I'm going to read a little bit from the blurb. A young girl imagines a grand future for herself far from the drab British suburbs. Two friends, once inseparable, find their connection gradually slipping away three women discuss how life in the big city makes them feel seen or invisible in a series of interconnected vignettes. It's not, it's not what you thought it would be. explores the circuitous paths lives can take and the changes in perspective gained along the way. And it is very poignant. um, Many feelings. It, it it made me feel guilty almost for growing up. I know that's weird, but it's like it, it Reminds you of just when you're a kid, just how you thought things were going to be and how you get older and just your life is just completely different than what you expected and how friends aren't as close or important and the things you thought you would remember forever, you don't even think about anymore. Wow, so, Meg, thanks
0: for bringing
2: everyone know. down. It's no, we so can cool. all relate oh, to that. Good, and it feels yeah, good yeah, when you yeah, read totally- that. And you can have that because especially post 2020 with with that feeling. I I can't wait to read this book.
1: It's so good. And she does such a good job of just taking like these really small, just seemingly insignificant slices from somebody's life and just making it incredibly relatable and making you just really feel what they're feeling and reminding you of how you felt during that time in your life. My favorite scene was when two friends, um, they're like, you know, maybe like 13 in the scene. And they're supposed to be walking like a neighbor's dog. And it just felt like just a lazy, boring summer. And um it just, they were just looking for like stuff to do. And just, I don't know, I don't know if you remember those days that don't exist anymore, when you're just like a kid in summer, and you're just looking for stuff to do. And uh, I miss that feeling. And it made me miss that. But um, I really loved all her illustrations as well. And between each story, she changed her illustration style slightly. Um, Not just like crazy different, but maybe she changed like the um, like the what she used to draw it. Um, But it was very nice. Very good debut album. Can't wait to see what she does next. Uh, If you like to feel things, (laughs) then you'll probably like this. Yeah, it was very good. Go read it. I'm buying it. Like I'm already it, feeling it things good. from the
0: description. Sorry.
1: Sorry. I didn't know I was going to. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, slice of Life. It's good. And then by the end, I was like, I just am having a crisis. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. okay. <laughs>
0: At, I, got, I got Ashley a copy of a Volume 1 of Stray Dogs and she had to deal with that recently where she was like, oh, this is cute and I've heard it's creepy and she finished mm-hmm. it and was like, you've scarred me oh, on God. a oh. like <laughs> like Crazy. oh my gosh oh, um, i haven't i still haven't read it yet because now i'm like oh no because yeah, the art style you know. is um like disney like esque, mm-hmm. like a group of dogs but they've been like kidnapped and so like it's been described as like um uh, what's her, Lady and the Tramp meets like Silence of the Lambs which, ooh, ooh. Well like yeah. beauty,
1: Beautiful Darkness that had a similar like of course it immediately became but I made Marcus read uh, something called Beautiful Darkness and I can't remember who wrote that Oh but, um, yeah it was
0: Strange super dark, book but, like, offers zero yeah, answers
1: Yeah <laughs> very bright and colorful and cute little characters and it is one of the darkest things I've ever read so.
0: yeah it's it's messed up for sure um it's definitely worth a read like cause it's just so cool um uh, so yeah
1: yeah we've Sorry, all gotten to feel feelings
0: writes. this week <laughs> um no it's okay people are always looking for good stuff to read meg um uh, but that's going to be it for this week thank you so much for joining us this week at the vf comics podcast you can find all of our episodes on our website vfcomicspodcast.com or on your favorite podcast provider. Make sure to subscribe or follow us to keep up with all the best comic book news and suggestions. You can find us at VF Comics Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to get other comic book info, participate in discussions, and offer us your own suggestions. Remember, next week we will not have an episode up, so we will see you all with brand new music by the great Jeff Matika in two weeks.